Hi, everyone. Welcome to an episode of Everything is Canon, a Cinelinks podcast, a podcast where we invite marginalized authors from all genres onto the show to discuss their latest books and novels, as well as just about anything else that comes to mind. I'm your host, Steve Dunk, and thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to reach me, there are several ways to do so, but the best way is to email me at steve at cinelinks.com, or you can always find me on Twitter, of course, at stevedunk5 or at everythingcanon. And so, without further ado, let's get the show on the road and meet today's guest. Welcome to the show in a new season of Everything is Canon. As is always the case, we will continue to encourage supporting authors and stories that affirm the lives of people other than ourselves each time we either engage in a conversation, whether it be online or face-to-face, or each time we participate in the market with our purchasing choices. Um, speaking of sort of COVID, we were just talking about that. My January rant is COVID ableism and this idea that this current surge is a milder, milder form of the virus. And while that may be true, of course, understand that even though we are all going through the same pandemic, we are not having the same experience. So while it's always in short supply, let's please employ a little bit of empathy here for some people because some people are uh, getting quite sick from even this latest variant. So let's have some uh, some empathy towards those folks for sure. Uh, June Her was born in South Korea and raised in Canada, except for the time when she moved back to Korea and attended high school. She studied history and literature at the University of Toronto. Most of her work is inspired by her journey through life as an individual, a dreamer, and a Christian with all its confusions, doubts, absurdities, and magnificence. She's the critically acclaimed author of The Silence of Bones and The Forest of Storm Girls, both receiving very high praise and more acclamations than I can possibly list. She currently lives in Toronto with her loving husband, Bosco, a feisty toddler, who is great at unboxing videos, by the way. And uh, Anna, just we recently learned she has a second little one on the way at some point. She's here today, though, to talk about her new book, The Red Palace, which is described as a palace nurse and a royal investigator team up to look into a pattern of grisly murders when the crown prince becomes the prime suspect in this romantic YA historical mystery, this third evocative atmospheric historical mystery, perfect for fans of Courtney Summers and Carrie uh, Maniscalco. It's popped up on many 2022 most anticipated lists. It's already gotten some starred reviews, but of course, the most important opinion is mine. I think it's her best yet. Please welcome Aww. back to the show. Please welcome back to the show, June Her. Hi, Jude. Hi, Steve. I'm so happy to be back on here. I had so much fun last time. Um, Yay! There's that episode st- is still paying for itself because. I'll tell you why in a second, actually. But um, okay. yeah, it's uh, interesting. It's one of the reasons why, you know, I've said it on Twitter, why just I enjoy your books so much and why I think you're so great, because I just learn so much when I read them. And it's it's uh, and I that's a that's a huge plus for me as a reader. Personally, I love it when I read a book where I learn something new and it makes me a better person. And your books do that. So um, so, yes, thank you so much for coming back on. It's been a year since we spoke. Um, it's public information. You announced it on Twitter. So that makes it, uh, in it's, it's fair use. <laughs> C- congratulations on, on your, uh, on the new pregnancy. Thank you. Um, we were just, we sort of, were just talking offline and we were trying to decide what, what there was going to be more of pandemic babies or pandemic divorces, but we'll see. <laughs> um, it's not something we'll know, I guess, till this some somewhere. Well, also we're still fucking in the pandemic. So <laughs> it's hard to know. Uh, so long. It doesn't feel like it's ever going to end. Um, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, 
I love your books and somebody else I just spoke to absolutely loves your books. So yeah. you've, you've reached a milestone in your career. I don't know if you know this or not. Well, you wouldn't know because it just happened yesterday, but <laughs> I was interviewing. Um, I also uh, interview authors for We Need Diverse Books and mm-hmm. I was interviewing Axio the other day. Oh, and we, we get to the part of the, with, we need diverse books. There's always sort of like obligatory questions I have to ask. And one of them is, is there any books or authors you would recommend for people that like the book that you're here to talk about? Mm -hmm. And we talked about you and she loves your books as much as I do. She loves them even more probably because she has an even more, which of course she has an appreciation because she is Korean Mm -hmm. herself. And also she studied history in school. Like she's oh, a, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's a I huge, love her books too. Oh, have you read uh, Girl Beneath the Sea? Beneath I the sea? have not. I'm so jealous of everyone who has the copy pull, of that. Pull your, uh, call in your, uh, your contacts. Pull some of your weight. I should, get that, I get should, that book. I should. I really need to. It is so freaking good. And, oh um, my gosh. And Axie is just is super cool. Anyway, so uh, when it came time to listing, you know, things she recommends, she we talked about you. She's a huge fan of oh. yours. And uh, we both really sort of zeroed in on how you really lean into the, you know, his, the history part of historical fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Like you really lean into that and you really look at specific shows on time periods and, and really uh, grab a hold of these things and, and twist them and, and make craft such unique and original stories from actual real people, places, events. So, um, yes, that's Axio. You are now a We Need Diverse Books recommended author. <laughs> so there, there you go. Um, yeah, Axio's a big big fan of yours. So, but we had a, I had a good we had a good chat about uh, all the things we love about your books. So you have to reach out to her and get make sure you get a copy of that of her book because it's I will. Uh, uh, incredible it is so so good and and again the same thing too just learning more about so that's based on the tale of chim chong mm-hmm. um and just you know me learning about that and and it's an in, that's an interesting story actually that you know some people sort of are, they're split on whether it's actually considered a folktale or not the novel because mm-hmm. there's some like the pansori predates the novel and yeah, stuff like yeah, that yeah, so yeah, yeah. and apparently there's all this mystery about who even wrote the original story the folk- so old i'm guessing yeah right and they actually don't even know they don't even have a, a time stamp on it either so it's oh. kind of a it's this weird cool mysterious I, i'll call it a like folk t- timeless folk- <laughs> it is right and and she was telling me it's actually like mm-hmm. one of the most popular folk tales yep, in korea yep, yeah yeah and, even i uh, heard of it and i didn't know i don't know much about like shim chung but i've always like heard drifting you know right tales about it so i'm like I'm curious about this. Did you, she, she had actually, I don't want to turn this into her show, but (laughs) (laughs) I just talked to her the the other day. So it's still like fresh in my head. But do you remember when you first heard of that folktale? Because she, it's, she was laughing because actually, um, what was, she has, what was it called? Oh, um, she had a picture book growing up called Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Jong and the River Dragon. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's how she first heard about it. I think when I was like in middle school, there was like this older lady family friend who told me Korean folk tales. And I think Chim Chung was in one of those stories. Mm-hmm. And then I heard like adaptations of it through like, there's like modern day Korean films that are ad- adapted right. on that folk tale. Yeah. So I heard, I learned a bit more of it through that. And then I think um, like more recently, like I learned more about the story through a play. When I was in when I was in Korea, so that was like my 
exposure to the full breadth right. of the story. Yeah. It's a really cool, really cool folktale and um, what Axie does with it. And like I said, it's, it's, I think they're, they're trying to market it as a yeah. retelling, but it's not a retelling. It's more of like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I described it as more like a, a what if. Um, mm. So she, uh, yeah, we had a good, good chat, but um, she also said, was, and she also told me the first time she heard of the registering of fate was on, and you might, you probably might know this. There's a, a reality show in Korea called we got married. Have you heard of oh, this? I know, I, yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know it too well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and very quickly it's celebrity people basically they get fake married and they follow them around for a few months and it's supposed to be really funny and, and entertaining and but they they start the show with them being tied together pinkies you know red string of fate thing and that's mm. we're sort of that's in her book and that's how she first heard about that and i'm like that's so funny oh. yeah yeah so great um so red palace is uh it's so great june it's so so <laughs> it's so so fucking great i i just i <laughs> Yeah, I just loved it so much. But before, and we will talk about it, but it'll be non-spoilers. But before we get to that, I actually want to talk a little about A Crane Among Wolves, which comes Mm -hmm. out next spring. Um, It's a Y historical mystery that follows a girl and a prince who must join forces to save her sister from the kingdom, uh, and the kingdom, sorry, from King uh, Yang Sang-gung, one of Korea's most hated tyrants. Mm -hmm. Now, if you just read me that, I would have said, that's a June her June her book, <laughs> but um, and also uh, tell us just tell us. I know it's way too early, but just give us mm-hmm. what a little bit of what you can about that book. And also, okay. don't think I missed the line in a Red Palace, a crane among wolves. Oh, so, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love when people notice that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I where do I even begin? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, 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 I guess I kind of described it, didn't mm-hmm. I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay, so I mean, it looks like okay. So like, I, I I was like, I was joking, but it is sort of also true. Like you are, you know, historical fiction. You know, and mist. It's got all the June her beats, right? <laughs> it's why historical mystery, yeah. uh, family, girl and a prince, <laughs> yeah. a girl, it's a say, her sister too, a big yeah. thing, um, right? Because all these things that are so important to you in real life and all mm-hmm. these other things, and then of course tackling the patriarchy a little bit as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. um not afraid to sort of uh take some jabs at uh you know the royalty and mm-hmm. the royals and stuff right yeah. so um it, is it just maybe um because it, we can't talk about obviously the details and anything like this but uh, just where was this book in the queue when you sort of like when did you first come up with this idea for this mm. book? so that's a good question i okay so i think when I was researching for the Red Palace, I came across uh, some a vague mention of King Yantangun, so I looked him up. And then I, I had no idea there was a tyrant this bad in Korea, mm. but basically this king was like, his, okay, I don't know if this is, you could cut it out if it's not appropriate, but his dream was to sleep with 10,000 women in his lifetime. Yeah. So his dream wasn't like, oh, I want to provide for my people and build a strong kingdom. It was basically, you know, womanizing was his dream. And so he set up a government bureau where the officers in charge, their task was to go around the kingdom looking for beautiful girls and basically stealing them for the king. So it's kind of like tribute girls, but not really, because there was no political reason behind it. It was just more like the king had this dream. He's just so, a crazy pervert. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. There was like book burning because he was just like, okay, people are slandering me. 
So I'm going to ban writing. I'm going to burn all the books. And no one is allowed to write. No one is allowed to learn how to write. And so there was like intense like um, oppression going on there. Um, and yeah, like he also demolished half of Gyeonggi-do, which is like a huge province in Korea. So he kicked everyone out and was like, I'm going to turn this into my hunting ground. So he was like, yeah, he was wild. He sounds like an, a fucking awful person. Yep, yep. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, he's a tyrant for sure. That's a good yep. word there using the thing. Um, now, part, what was the time period for him? When did he rule? So he ruled. Okay. So it's like he gets deposed in 1506. Okay. And then I think before that, he ruled for around 10 years. Okay. So Did a lot of damage in 10 no, no, years? He, by the time. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. ruled 12 years, actually, in total. Okay. The first 10 years, he was actually, according to like um, lectures I heard, he was actually a, a king who would have had a B plus, if not for the last two years of his reign. That's when he snapped. Really? Yeah, that was really interesting. So he, all the stuff you just told me about, like all the awful things that he did, yeah, was, was like in the true. literally in the last couple of years. Yep. Huh. Now, is there anything in your research, and this, if this is a spoiler, mm-hmm. just don't say it, but is there mm-hmm. anything in your research that indicates why he snapped? Yeah. Like there is, okay. And it's not spoiler. <laughs> so oh, basically, oh, okay. so there's one theory, which is um, the reason, so he has like this tragic backstory where his mom was executed by his father, Mm. and then the palace tried to hush it up but he kind of knew he just played the game and pretended he didn't know and so the theory is that for the first 10 years once he became king he tried to amass as much power as possible in order to become a tyrant for the last two years that's right. the theory yeah. okay oh interesting wow man i mean i'm already in for that that sounds amazing so um that's next spring sometime um uh, is it done? Have you handed in your uh... Uh, first draft? But I'm like, oh, it's not a very good first draft. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to revising it. Well, it sounds like a really, really, really great book, a uh, really great story. So I can't wait to uh, get to talk to you next year. That's amazing. Um, that sounds really great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but definitely, like I said, as soon as I remember reading that little sort of description, I'm like, if that's, if you had to <laughs> told me that was Junior, I would have guessed Junior. Um, <laughs> And speaking of sort of something uh, we talked, I remember talking about this last year when we were talking about, uh, you know, we were talking about a forest, but, you know, we, I asked you about Red Palace at the time. And I remember, you know, we were talking about it and you were maybe nervous isn't the right word, but you, you were a little hesitant with the subject matter about writing about oh, yeah. the prince and the king. And, and yeah. yeah, I don't remember that. You were sort of a little, you were anxious about, about the subject matter because, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh I guess yes, you, could, I you, remember. Could, you remember all that. So, I mean, how are you feeling about it now? Cause it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. It's done. It is too late. It's too um, late. So like, do you, do you remember that? Like, do you remember feeling that way? And, yes, I do. Yeah. I do. And, and what was it? Do you recall maybe mm-hmm. how you sort of worked through that? Or was there a moment where you just said kind of fuck it, I'm just going to write the book yeah. I want to write or like, what was the deal? So I I definitely didn't just fuck it because I'm like, I'm too nervous. I'm too anxious. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Um, so I think you can tell my level of like, you could tell my level of caution through in the, in the structure of the story itself because um, the way you, readers view the prince will be through like a keyhole that the heroine is like viewing the prince. So you only see glimpses of him and that glimpse is grounded in the memoir that I based a lot of the story around 
Right. And so I try, I tried really hard not to even like um, take too much creative, creative liberty when it came to the Korean rules. Because it's like, you know, I, I just didn't, because I know Koreans are very, very like protective of like the royal history and stuff. And so I was just like, I'm going to be as cautious as possible, just stick to the facts that I know of and maybe just kind of embellish it a bit so that the heroine could kind of be in the story when it happens. The sheet never really existed. So right. um, I am taking some creative liberty by putting her in the center of what's going on. Um, but yeah, like it also helped to have my editor, but she was just like, yeah. Um, because I was trying to also, um, in- initially I was also kind of exploring how the prince did struggle with mental health issue problems, yeah. which he did. Like there are research papers that prove that he had that struggle. But then um, because I wasn't writing his story, my editor pointed out that we it could the story could fall in the danger of kind of associating, you know, people with mental health problems are violent, which is something I definitely don't, you know, condone. Right. And so I think balancing having to justify his struggle, but also acknowledge that he was a violent man, but not connecting either with his mental health. That was like super delicate. And I realized it, I didn't, I, because I hadn't written the story for him, I wouldn't be able to do his story justice. And so I just stayed clear of that. And so I'm comfortable now with how I depicted him. Um, and, and yeah, like I'm like maybe in the future, like when I, feel like I have a stronger um, understanding of Prince Pedro. Like maybe I'll feature him more prominently in the book, but for now, because I'm steering on the side of caution, um, yeah. it's more like a keyhole look at his life. Right. And it's interesting. I, okay. So two things. Number one, I think you handled it perfectly. Um, I think with, with just, just the right amount of sensitivity and just the right amount of, yeah, no, like you don't, you're very careful to make sure you don't excuse any of his actions for any, for this reason or that reason or this reason. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think you did a a commendable job from that part of it. Um, um, That's just my opinion, of course, but uh, (laughs) you know, um, but just, but even just like, I read a lot of books. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think you, I think you handled it just fine. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 at no point does it sort of come to dominate the conversation Mm -hmm. as far as, um, not just in the in the story you're trying to tell, but I just even as an excuse to anyone's mm-hmm. actions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but see, that's he's such an interesting char- uh, person. Yes, a char- I almost, almost said, I said character, but person <laughs> in real yeah. life. Um, you know, Crown Prince Sado, as he, you know, mm-hmm. posthumously called, and Sado is an interesting concept too in, in Korea, isn't it? Is that is yeah. is that concept? Does that go out? Is that all uh, East Asian culture or just Korean? This uh, idea of assigning uh, Sado posthumously. That's a good question. Like, I I know, all I know is that, okay, I I have to fact check, but from what I remember reading, um, kings are given, and maybe princesses too, and like royals in general, they're given a posthumous name after their death so that commoners aren't able to say their full name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So there's that. But Sado is such a short name and it feels very personal. Yeah, and so I feel like it's more just like a almost like an apology note. Well, yeah, and you know what? To your point, 
there is a bit of that in the truth in the real story, isn't there? Right. Mm-hmm, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, and I encourage people to look, look up. So it's crown prince auto or, or crown prince, uh, uh, I'm young, young hung. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting story, sad, right. Mm-hmm. Really sad and tragic life. And, you know, there was some things he did and that weren't great. And, mm-hmm. but there are, there's some, I'm not, he, he had a tough go. <laughs> He's yes, like, very tough. He, we're going to, we're going to talk about it um, a little bit in the sense that him and um, uh, Hyun, they have some daddy issues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's some daddy issues going on there. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll mention just very briefly, very briefly, but uh, yeah, yeah, like anyway, just, yeah, his, his story is it, real life story is just really, really interesting and tragic mm-hmm. and sad and, and all these things. And, and, and then when his son years later announces himself mm-hmm. as, you know, the, the, the Sado print, like, mm-hmm shit like that's yeah like, what a story <laughs> like, i know it's like a it's circle <laughs> right it's like yeah. are you like jealous you don't get to write that story because it's already yeah. it's already true it's such a it's so i know it's, it's so, so interesting so interesting isn't it like yeah. i mean what a great angle to be you can have this idea i'll give it to you if you take <laughs> if you take you know yeah. his son years later like yeah. you know dealing with that would be an interesting uh, premise but um oh my gosh you should watch the drama the red sleeve Oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so it's actually based on the life of the son of Crown Prince. It is okay. Okay, based so well on the psychology of being the son, basically of uh, the prince who was killed. Right. Yeah, and it's like, God, this is all like real, true information. People just look it up. It's like I almost almost don't want to reveal how the son was killed (laughs) because it's so it's so sad and and evil. And but but like just but it goes to what you were talking to about mental health. And then mm-hmm. it was just a lot of sort of misunderstanding at the time and not even misunderstanding, but just this expectations uh, yeah. of, of, of men in particular during that oh, time. Yeah, right. So, sure. um, but anyways, yeah, super, super interesting, but well, that's really cool. I'm glad you were sort of like able to work through your feelings on that and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, get this book going in the right direction because it is fantastic, but yeah, just to really wrap up that point again, I think you did a really great job as far as dealing with that subject matter. Um, and, and, and just enough. And then, you know, you focus on, on the, what you need to focus on for the story that you are telling, cause you are telling a specific story apart from that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I mentioned earlier about sort of your books are the, like the gifts that keep on giving, um, you know, I'm, you know, not only just talking to Axio about it, but just, you know, you know, I became obsessed with like the Hanyo divers and yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, that, like that lasted forever and that months and months and months and months oh. and, and just, uh, just, you know, all the things I've, I've learned since about, you know, Chechu and, and even the history and, and how, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff Japan did to the island and tried to do yeah. it and how they fought back and all this one. It's such a great story. It's, I'm so thankful because I've, I'm so, you know, the, the things I've learned, it, it's just so great. Um, so now this, so Red Palace, um, again, just great things and so many interesting, really cool little things. And I was saying to, and, uh, to Axie as well, I was like, and the, the funny thing about the Hanyo part is that they were only in it for like a paragraph. Mm. right in forest they were only yeah, on they weren't one. the main characters no well no they main they weren't even like they were on what was it like yeah. one one page maybe yeah. like yeah. it was only like it's a quick visit right like uh-huh. but it was enough to like grab you know to, to just like pique my interest and, and then mm-hmm. it went from there so like this is uh again you know here's the situation where 
you include some just really, really great things that I just find so interesting. So um, uh, the main character in this book, Ian, is uh, she is a nurse. Mm-hmm. She is, um, uh, help me with the name, is it Onyo? Yeah, Inya, perfect. Inya. Um, so, which is basically uh, in English, like a medicine woman, right? A nurse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so uh, under Confucian law, they ha- there had to be these Onyo, uh, there were female mm-hmm. physicians who specialized in the treatment of women only during mm-hmm. the Joseon dynasty in Korea. Um, mm-hmm. And the Onyos were established as a solution to um, the taboos against women receiving treatment from men at the time, yeah. right? There's all these like create, like there's an insane amount of rules about like, you can't, yeah. you can't even look at a guy in public. Yep. They can't talk, like, there's no nothing, right? It's nothing, nothing, yep. nothing, nothing. And so they had to have, so of course this came up in, 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 um, in the medical industry, right? So mm-hmm. um, talk about just sort of coming up with this idea of using these medicine women and how interesting of a concept mm. that is at the time. And then we'll talk about, um, I want to get into the Changguan uh, Chuck, the pulse reading as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I first came across the Unya, the medicine woman, through my first book, which was um, my first book focused on a servant girl who was a Tamu, and that is a poli- a servant girl who worked in a police bureau, and they were like female investigators. So they would deal with female corpses, female uh, suspects, and so on, because male police officers weren't allowed to associate with women. Right. And so the Tamil, the Tamil servant girls were actually um, nurses who were demoted. So that's how I first encountered Unya. Because, so a lot of the Tamils were very educated and learned young women, um, but, they, but because they failed their exams three times or more, uh, they get, their punishment is basically, you know, go serve in the police bureau and, and deal with corpses, female corpses and so on. Um, so that's how I first encountered the nurses. And then when I was working on my second book, there's a brief mention of like a female physician. And my editor was like, Oh, like, you know, you mentioned before that you wanted to write a romance. Um, how about you pair up a nurse with like a Royal inspector? And I was like, Oh, yes. Like, and that's when all the story ideas clicked. Like I wanted to write it about Pintado. I want to write about a nurse and this royal inspector. And then I'm like, okay. So I began researching about the Inya and I was fortunate enough to find this entire book in Korean. Like it's almost like an encyclopedia about the uh, Korean nurses during that time. And it was just so fascinating because it's so interesting because when we think of nurses, we almost assume that these women would be like at least middle class from the middle class. Um, but and respected, but back then in Chosun Korea, the not palace nurses, but just like the, the ordinary nurses were actually really looked down upon. Um, and they were from the slurving class, so basically the lowest class, uh, because middle class women wouldn't want to. Because when you're working in the medicine industry, like the in medicine, even if you're a female nurse working with female patients, you're still working with fellow male physicians, right? So you're in contact with men. And that was like super taboo. And so upper class women, middle class women refused to take on that position. And so um, lower class women became like the uh, target group for nurses. So they would handpick the brightest servant girls and then they would send them to a medical public medical office where they would be trained to basically be um, 
nearly if not as intelligent as like young male scholars so they would study the same books along with medicine uh, books on medicine and uh but yeah because there that that taboo still existed they were almost seen as like like yeah like some were treated second class like, like lower yeah, exactly. class yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. like um, uh it's it's you know even in a, in a like in a classism warfare sense, like because mm-hmm. they were already considered lesser than just because they exactly. were women, just because they were yeah. women. And then yeah. and then here, let's let's give them this position. Let's give them all that let's demand the same work and knowledge mm-hmm. and education and education. Yeah. But and not educa- the respect. But not the respect. Yeah. yeah. It's it's an insanely fucking bullshit exactly. thing. Exactly. Right? Obviously. And it's clear and obvious. Like that's the thing. That's that's horrible about it. But yeah, it's uh and then like you said, and then and then it's so funny because all f- sort of the three jobs that, you know, you're talking about and then that come up in this book, whether it's um, the, uh, how do you say the, the school, the Hemia, Hemia, oh, Hemia, Hemia, Hemia. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, so you can either be a nurse and on, in, and where you're treating the public and then mm-hmm. sort of training other nurses. You can be, like you said, the, at the, uh, being invested sort of part of investi- mm-hmm. investigations mm-hmm. at the police, or you can mm-hmm. be at the palace. You can be a palace mm-hmm. nurse or yep. physician. So like there's these three options, which like on paper in today's contemporary world, they're all great jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> exactly. like, right. Like, I mean, I know, I know, unfortunately, people are being really shitty to nurses right now, which is oh awful, gosh, which is awful. Sure, and it drives me, it drives me awful. fucking crazy. Um, but you know, those are all great jobs by today's standards, mm-hmm. right? Really sought after like mm-hmm. jobs, positions. And, but it's funny. Yeah. In, in, you know, during that time uh, in Chozon and, and in your stories, yeah, it, they're not, it's, oh. it's crazy. Right. But um, mm-hmm. uh, especially the palace one, that's an interesting one. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second, but um so you so you have these these medicine women's and uh it's what was this is this is what really caught my interest and again it's funny because it only comes up twice in the book <laughs> and it's only like one sentence each time but mm-hmm. so the nurses were divided into so they were they were sort of driven towards three areas of of expertise basically pulse reading mm-hmm. medicine and acupuncture yeah. um and i think actually that is the order of importance too right least mm-hmm. least to, least to most right acupuncture yeah. was or were considered like the actual healers of the time Medi- yeah. the medicine yeah. aspect were it's not medicine as in like giving the medicine it was more about just like uh concoctions right mm-hmm and then pulse reading. So tell me about learning about this type of pulse reading, because it's not, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, anyone listening, it's not like putting your finger on your, wherever on your, there's five mm-hmm. places you can check on the human body for a pulse. And you just, how many, it's mm-hmm. not, it's, we're not looking for beats per minute here. We're looking at like chi and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's only like, it's it. So ex- talk to me about Chong Guan and Jock mm-hmm. and, um, this whole idea. Yeah. So when I was researching about the anemia, and then I found out, you know, like that basically it was divided into the pulse reader, uh, medicine maker, whatever, and the acupuncturist. So I was like wondering, oh, like, who should I, um, like, what kind of role should I give the heroin? And so it's definitely not medicine because it, it felt too detached from like, like I wanted something where she'd be in very close contact with another royal individual um acupuncture seemed, was a bit too complicated for me to understand so i stayed away from that 
Right. Uh, but I like the idea of pulse reading because when I was researching about it, it was almost like, oh, it's, it's almost like not really reading someone's mind, but like you could tell so much about a person's pulse, like what kind of lifestyle they're living, um, uh, the amount of stress maybe they're, that they're experiencing. And so I'm like, oh, that would be a great kind of technique quirk to have as an amateur sleuth. Um, so that kind of made me fall into the rabbit hole of pulse reading. Um, and initially I was just like, oh, like, like how, like what is even like behind pulse reading? And it was just so, like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine putting my fingers on someone being like, oh, I could sense like the subtle difference in beats or whatever. Um, but it was just so interesting that um, experts are able to really, uh, you know, they could tell whether a pulse is like slippery or choppy. And I was just like, oh, that's so fascinating. Um, I am definitely not even close to being an expert now. There's still so much uh, I need to learn, but I just took the information that was new to me and really fascinating to me. And I just kind of jammed that into the book. Right. And the th- and what's interesting about it too, when I was, and I'm, I'm started to do some research on it and gave up because it's really fucking complicated because <laughs> yeah, it's really exactly. complicated. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and people think, oh, it's like, oh, why is it complicated? Isn't it just like hokey pokey stuff? I'm like, yeah, no, it's, exactly I'm like, no, I'm like, it's, it's, it's a science almost yeah, basically. Yeah, like they have yeah. it like down to like wave patterns and, mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. it's really, really complicated. Um, and sort of what you just said there a second ago too, to your point, um, you know, of the three options, it's for sure the best one, but talk, what a fucking great skill, what a great practical storytelling skill to give someone, <laughs> uh, um, for, for, to your point, who's trying to be a sle- who's sleuthy or trying to be a yeah. sleuth or, 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 or fancies himself, uh, you know, a, a sort of part-time investigator, um, mm-hmm. Because what better skill could there be? It's almost like a lie detector test in a way, and exactly, yeah. and 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 you don't need any equipment. Mm-hmm. You don't right. You don't need to carry yeah. anything around. Like the medicine makers yeah. are going to be stuck in a, in an apothecary. Apothecary. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're going to be away. They thing. need. They're going to be locked in a room for hours at yeah. a time making yeah. these medicines. An acupuncturist obviously has tools and equipment, and they need like a mm-hmm. bed, maybe or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's yeah, no. It's like just from a storytelling standpoint, <laughs> it's so practical. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> right. It's just it's perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. It was so smart to put that in there, but yeah, I definitely. Um, it's really, really, really this this three. Pul- it's called a three pulse diagnosis. Yeah, basically. it's so fascinating. And, um, and it's really popular in Oriental med- medicine, and I and I encourage people to sort of uh, check it out. It's really really neat, and uh, that was sort of the one thing that it, that was that was my Hanyo divers for this book. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, I I remember, and it 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 it, it appears twice in yep. the book, and it's just a yep. sentence. It's just a mention. Now there's there's context, obviously, and I won't get into it because that that's maybe some really not it. I don't know if it's spoilery, but it's just interesting enough that I think it's best left to be discovered. But um, mm-hmm. um, it, it speaks to a lot of things, uh, namely um, uh, Heon's, her makeup, like her character, like the type mm-hmm, of person mm-hmm. she is, wants to be, the way she sees mm-hmm. herself, the way other people see her. She is such mm-hmm. an incredible character. Um wow. So talking about like those three jobs that you can get, right? So one of them and the one sort of where it's like kind of the one you want to get to in a way, yeah. but, but the palace job being a palace nurse or uh, it on, it's one of those things where I think like on the outside from far away, it's mm-hmm. shiny and great. And it's probably the yeah. job you want, 
but geez, when you're inside those palace walls, <laughs> when you're inside the palace walls, it's fucking complicated. Like it's, Good it's luck. like, <laughs> Stay alive. like <laughs> it's not just right. And it's not even just like, you know, be careful or do a good job. It's like, yeah, stay alive. You have to stay yeah. alive and you can't trust anybody and everyone's a spy for somebody else. And like, why well, it's, it's, it's stressful reading about it because yeah. I would oh. be so, well, how are they supposed to like focus on you, the job they're actually hired for when there's all this other stuff going on? Um, was that, is there anything that you looked up or read about that sort of led, was that sort of the deal? Was it really that infected with, with, with distrust and, and, um, you know what I mean? Like all this nefarious mm. type of activities. Mm. Uh, so the, there's like my tagline, like, I think it's like, to enter the palace means to walk a path, walk a path stained in blood or something like that. Right, right. And I remember seeing that a similar, not that line exactly, but just like the dangers of entering the palace through um, letters that were exchanged between like a father and son in one of my research books. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like kind of confirmed to me, like yes, it it was actually considered like very dangerous to enter the palace. Um, and then there's like all the K dramas. <laughs> the K dramas right, right, is right. like always if it takes place in the in the palace, everyone is a spy for someone else. Um, and the walls there were really thin, like they were made of paper. This like the walls are divided by screens, right? And the door is right. basically, uh, you know, made with lattice and paper. So there's court ladies always like standing at the door. They overhear everything. It's like you just need to access one court lady to know what people are talking about inside mm, the room. Mm. Um, so just practically, it's like, it's so easy to gain access to information because the walls are so thin back then. It's, um, it's probably uh, no different than like the White House or Parliament. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like everyone's, go- always leaks out. everyone's gossiping. Everyone's like exactly. forms their little cliques. And yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's probably no different in that sense. But, uh, you know, what this sets this apart is there is da- it's dangerous mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's it's you know like it's it's of course bullying and rumors and and stuff like that is awful and and can lead to dangerous things but like i mean this is like like you said like one wrong move or one wrong slip of the tongue and they'll kill you like you'll be yeah right. yeah it's awful um so that's an interesting sort of like duality i love that about the palace where it's um from the outside i mean you can just imagine people look at it with reverence and awe but yeah. like knowing just below the surface is all this crazy yeah. shit going on yeah, <laughs> guess yeah. that. so yeah. um so one of the uh yeah so daddy issues now mm-hmm. um we you know like we talked about the, the crown prince has his has his issues with his father for sure the king there's mm-hmm. a and now that's, you could probably, I'm not going to talk about it, but you could extrapolate like in any classical historical sense where there's a king and a, and, a, and there's expectations on the sun to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and oh, yeah. he, right. You can, we've read that book a thousand times, haven't we? Yeah. Right. But, um, and so this is, you know, that plus a whole bunch of other stuff going on too. But mm-hmm. as far as uh, Heon goes, yeah, her dad, there's some issues there for sure. And there's a really so there's a quote, there's a line in the book you wrote says, what I dreaded most wasn't defaming the crown prince or even losing my life. My fear was quieter than that. I dreaded father's disapproval mm. and disapproval from those like him, the powerful and the highly respected. Like that's talk about infusing Heon, you're the lead character with this, uh, mm-hmm. 
because like her dad is a, her dad's a, is a rotten apple. And I mean, yeah. I, like he's, you know, I'm being polite. Um, and we see this, don't we, in real life where mm-hmm. you want respect from people that don't deserve your time or attention. Mm-hmm. Right. So talk yeah. about sort of infusing that into the story. That, that's a big theme that runs through this whole book. Yeah. Um, well, definitely Patrick. Yeah. I think Patrick, he places so much kind of power in the father figure. Right. Um, and you see that power often being abused in how they treat their wives or their daughters, especially illegit- illegitimate daughters. Um, and so I think it's the idea, like, I think I tried to capture that, that oppressive, toxic yearning for approval in the system of patriarchy that like yeah. women might go on through. It's like you want that approval from your male boss or something like that, right. who sees you as nothing because you're a woman. Right. Um, and so I tried to capture that. And I think also growing up, like my dad is great, but he has his issues. And we grew up within like that Korean patriarchal system as well. Right. And so I know I grew up with a lot of like angst as well, being like, oh, I want my dad's approval. Like his approval would mean everything, but also always feeling like I'm not good enough, not smart mm. enough. And so I think I took a bit of the uh, angst I experienced as a teen, wanting my dad's approval. And as an adult, I came to learn like, you know, how much patriarchy has um, just created that father figure uh, who, yeah, like it, it could feel like suffocating, right? Like when you don't, when you feel like you're not approved by them. Suffocating. So wanted- yeah. 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 Suffocating. That's a great word. Yeah. yeah because it's true because it's like, it's, it's, it, it like takes the air from her, doesn't it? Like, so mm-hmm. like, it just it doesn't matter what else is going on. It's just like, even the slightest, even just like the, the sight of him deflates mm-hmm. her, deflates her, doesn't it? Exactly. Like she, he doesn't need, it's, it's, it's so ingrained that he doesn't even have to do or say anything yep. for her. You know, just the thought of him mm-hmm. just alters her course. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. powerful. It's palpable. And, you know, yeah. So to your point, like uh, the fathers and the men, we're all assholes, but more importantly, uh, and not to say that we've maybe haven't come much further, but, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're products of their time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and this, this is important because this makes, uh, Eowyn an enigma, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. and we're going to talk about how dream he is in a second, but, um, because he's kind of a progressive in a sense, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Because he does sort of like, go again he bucks that trend mm. as far as mm. like he's a more uh, open-minded uh progressive male of the time for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. right so he's a really interesting character for that re- i mean he's interesting for a host of reasons but that was the thing that jumped out at me right away with him mm. was oh, this <laughs> was this sort of like gender swapping you did with yeah. him and her, with with, with yeah. him and her, with him and her right like it's mm-hmm. it's very obvious and i thought it was really not obvious like nice trick June. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean <laughs> obvious like that. I just mean like it was written really well. And, and you're just like, yeah, okay, this is, I see, this is really cool. What, how he's making him stand out for a lot of reasons, but that to me was the most important. Um, so now conversely though, mothers, yep. you're a mother, you have a yep. mother. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clearly infected your storytelling and there's a great mm-hmm. line it says some dreams I'd learned were meant to fade away and to let go yeah. of them and to let go of them didn't lean, didn't mean to let go of myself, but to release the life I imagined I wanted. Mm. So that just speaks to the patriarch, right? Because yep. uh, it doesn't matter 
it, it doesn't matter what you what you yep. dream what you what you dream of, right? It just doesn't matter because your life isn't your own. Your your path mm-hmm. isn't your own to choose most of the time, and still to this day, we see that a lot as well. Yeah. Um, talk about that as a you know now because you're going to be a, a, a you're a two time mommy now, and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have you, did you have conversations with your mother about that? And and it's it's clearly important to you because mm-hmm. those those some of those scenes that Hyun has with her mother are really great. Uh, I it, that mom was so interesting because she actually turned out not the way I initially intended her to turn out. She was actually going to be like kind of like a bad apple to the end as well. Um, but there was this one moment, like I was writing her where the mom is super stoic, super cold, and she was supposed to stay like that throughout, very detached and like you'll like basically a mom who will never love her child, right? Because she's so obsessed with her husband. Yeah. Um, but it just occurred to me where I'm like, oh, my mom was never like that. And, and like, I also thought of like, there is that stereotype of like the tiger mom who's like very uh, detached and like, she'll, she'll never reveal how much she cares for you. And I'm like, I don't like, I know there are moms like that out there and it, it, you know, it, they're real, but there are, but then I just wanted to make, I'm like, as a mom myself, I'm like, this woman surely there must be more to her and I want the daughter to find that out. And so that's when like the twist in her character arc, character arc occurred. And then I made that, and then suddenly the mom started to get way more involved in the investigation than I had planned her to be. And so that's when she became way more complex. And then we hear her backstory and how she actually does love her daughter. Um, and, and yeah, like I, and just that, that really kind of, made her stand out to me in the end. Right. Um, So she took me by surprise. Yeah. It's funny too, because like I read it, like the mom doesn't change. Hyun changes. And in, and in in Hyun changing, that alters Mm -hmm. her point of view on her mother. Hyun changing, the changes she goes through allows her to see her mother for who she she truly is. Oh, it worked out. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So that's the way I read it. And Mm. I thought that was so beautiful. Um, And I love yeah, there's especially at the end, the last scene, right, with them is is so incredible. And and, and to your point, like there's of course, yeah, there's there's some tough love uh, for sure, mm-hmm. of course. But then nuance. Then there's there's yeah. subtle nods of encouragement. There's right about mm-hmm. be your own person. Mm-hmm. There's subtle nods of encouragement, like just hardcore mom stuff. Like, did you yeah. eat, did did you eat today? <laughs> Right. When's the last time you yeah. ate like, or, or yeah. like, she doesn't say this, but she's like, you look like shit. When's the last time, yeah. you when's the last time you slept? Yeah. Right. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, so those little momisms, right. Are there. And, and, and likely we're always there, but Hyun wasn't capable of seeing mm, them yeah, at exactly. that point. Right. She had to exactly. go through this, through an, an incredible experience to it, mm-hmm. to be able to see her mother for who she truly was. So I thought it was really a, June, I was so in love with those oh, so with those scenes. Um, not my favorite character, though. My favorite character is Lady Young Young. Oh, and really? And now she has two of the best lines in the book. One is, yeah. we are women, nothing short of death stops us from doing precisely what we wish to do. That is what the laws and restrictions binding our lives breed. Determination and cunning. Amazing line. Like that is, that's a rallying cry for all women around the world. You should, you should, <laughs> that should be a t-shirt or something. And the set, the other best line is this is, and this still makes me laugh when I read it. 
do all you can to save nurse <laughs> Yang Su. She was a good woman in yeah. need of a good friend. All I ask is that you do so without disturbing 400 years of history. <laughs> is that funny? That yeah. is so funny, June. That is such a funny line. That um, we can't, you know, she's the lady is the, uh, she's the the empress, right? She's yeah. the, the oh, queen. The, the, uh, she is the uh, wife of Kutado. Right. Um, she, you know, she, very powerful and, uh, um, right. I, she's not the empress yet, or she's not the queen yet. I guess she would have, would been, have been, would have been, would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's very powerful. Right. Uh, and, uh, has her own stuff going on and is very, very intelligent and is one of these women who, uh, existed in those times that was just smarter than everyone else. Mm. And, that's how she fought back against the patriarchy, didn't she? By, yep. by of course, by position, because she just had a very power- powerful position for sure. Mm-hmm. But even that, still, like she was, she was still at the end of the day just a woman in, in most people's eyes. Mm. So she, you know what she's able to do in this book with you know with her own shenanigans and stuff, and it's really interesting. And she's not a likable character. Like she's got some stuff going on, and you're not really sure whose side she's on. And and she makes some some not great uh, yeah. choices if you're, you know, a fan of honesty and truth, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, she, yeah. Gotta do what you need to survive in the palace. Well, that's kind of that we talked about the palace, right? Like that's kind yeah. of what you need to do. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's fan- She's a great character. And I love, I love oh, characters so like bad. that, but um, anyways, yeah, this is, so one of the marketing things about this book is, is it's, it's swoony, right? It's, it's, a ro- it's, 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 it's romantic for sure. Um, and it's it's an interesting, really interesting time period to to have romance because of a lot of these things we've already talked about, like taboo. It's very taboo, right? You're not supposed to consort, talk, have anything to do with with a, the opposite sex, and mm-hmm. certainly not in a public setting. Certainly not if you're unless you're uh, betrothed or or whatever, right? Like you basically have almost no contact with with a yep. non in a non professional sense, right? So, what do you do? Like you, June, what is June Her does? Gives Hyun the dreamiest of dreamboat men <laughs> <laughs> as as a temptation <laughs> to, to like she's not right in a world where you're not supposed to have anything to do with, yeah. a, with a man, you give her the the best looking, smartest, <laughs> nicest man in the history of men, the most capable too, right? And and talk to who just tell us who he is because he's interesting um like lean into the fact about he's a he's a prodigy right Mm -hmm. yeah so um basically i wanted him to work in the police force and um i didn't want it to be like a a regular police officer i wanted him to have a bit more authority and so he is a police inspector and during that time like being around 20 was an, an appropriate age to have that position, but because this is a YA, I'm like, okay, like you get that position when you're able to pass the military exam. So I made him a prodigy. So it makes sense that he was given the position when he was a bit younger. Mm-hmm. So like he's 18, like I'd say like nearly 19. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, and he has a tragic backstory that relates to the more recent murders that are going on. And he has a, he has like a very tense um, history with the crown prince due to his own father who was murdered. Um, and whether it's the crown prince killed him or not, that's like, you'll find out. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, like he ends up 
uh, starting his own private investigation into the murders that this book uh, is focusing on. And he's like, and then he kind of meets Chun and he's like, oh, this palace nurse is really smart. She knows things that, and he's able, he's humble enough to admit, like, she knows things that I will never be able to figure out. Like, she, she, she knows has, her She medicine. has access to things I just Exactly. Don't. Yeah, she yeah. has access. She has medical knowledge. And so he tries to recruit her. She's very reluctant at first, um, but they end up working together. And then romance blossoms very <laughs> subtly, very slowly. Forced, forced, <laughs> like, prox- forced proximity takes over. Yes, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, it is slow in the sense that, yeah, I mean, like it's not an open door romance book, right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it's appropriate for the time, for all the reasons mm-hmm. that we just talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Because it would be out of touch with the time and even out of character mm-hmm. if like, if they just had sex the very first fucking time, <laughs> they got, the very first time they met, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. just, it wouldn't make, it would, would be out of place for the book for the time period and the story yep. you're trying to tell. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's slow, I guess. Sure. But it's, <laughs> but, but, but appropriately. So right. Yeah. Right. Rightfully. So, yeah. so um, yeah, he's a fantastic character too. And he's, he's swoony and, and uh, uh, it's just like, I fell in love with him. I wanted to kiss him. Aww, yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to. Such I, a huge compliment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's, he's great. Um, he, he's also too, he's really, he and he's not. I'm I'm making him sound like a golden retriever. Like he's there's more, <laughs> there's there's more below the surface there. And he, you know, you use his character actually to inject some really important themes into this book, like mm. revenge versus justice, mm-hmm. uh, things like this, because he has an interesting backstory as well and reasons why he does the things that he does. And one of the things that he he introduces into the book, um, this uh, this Confucius sort of this book of rights aspect, right? Like Leachy's book of rights. And, mm-hmm. and there's, there's just mandates and rules, not the mandates of heaven. I'm not talking about those mandates, but, yeah. uh, but the, but the, you know, the Confucius rules of, of how to sort of govern yourself and live your life. Mm-hmm. And, and there's an interesting line in one of the book of book of rights lines, but one cannot live with the killer of one's yeah. parents under the same heaven. Like that's yep. a, that's a powerful, yep. theme. that's a powerful theme in any Seriously. book, in any book. And you sort of just like handle it like with ease it's incredible the way you're able to just it, it infuse that into this story and that's because it's that's a heavy subject and you just like mm-hmm, handle it mm-hmm. so easily junior so smart um oh. it's so wonderful um and that's the great the depth in this book is amazing and and you take them all over the place and they go they travel and they do all these interesting things and you know you you mentioned it earlier but it's this is like a wonderful whodunit like mm. this mystery unravels in a in a such a natural wonderful way and you don't you don't know the first page is as important as the last page you don't know what's going to happen until the last page mm. almost well nearly the last page Ooh. right like yeah yeah right like there's a couple things i thought i had figured out and i was completely yeah. <laughs> and i was completely wrong <laughs> and then you bring some things back around and you're not sure and then you're like well is it this person and then it's like god at one point you're like oh, okay so it's just everybody like <laughs> the whole town's in on it like it's it's and then you break that up and then apply some other interesting things and uh very really 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 great the, the murder Yay. you know just so, looking at the the which is one of your specialties, right? This, the murder oh, mystery. So hard writing this. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. And, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know if I was talking to you about this last time, but somebody, another thriller sort of writer, I'm like, it's hard to write a, a captivating original thriller in today's oh, market. Cause seriously. there's so many, right. Yeah. Um, 
let's end with uh, with Hyun because she's the lead character and the most okay. and, and should and is the most important character in the book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they sh- she should always be right. The main character should always be the hardest to write. Should always be the most important person in the book. Um, we we can all have our fun favorites on the side, right? But uh, it's really important. Obviously, the lead character stands out. I think you know we've talked enough about her that we sort of get in a sense of, of what she's about, and she's very proud and and practical and smart and all these things. And she's she's a great friend. Clearly, you'll find that out when you read the book. She's a wonderful, <laughs> loyal friend. But um, I think I'm curious how just sort of her her development in writing mm-hmm. and sort of how you thought of her at the beginning of the process and and how mm-hmm. she ended up at the end. If she changed very much or yeah, uh, so I. So my vision of her was always kind of similar from the start to the end, which was she's self-preservative, but she knows what's right and she wants to, and deep in her heart, she wants to do it. Um, And so I knew how I wanted to shape her, but I found that balance so difficult because how do you get someone who's self-preservative and she's ambitious, she has her dreams, but then how do you make them pursue justice when pursuing justice might unravel everything she desires and put her life at stake? So I think finding that balance and finding her motivation to even involve herself in, in the investigation, that was like the hardest uh, balancing act to find out. Um, and so I think just her, con- having her con- constantly say, okay, you know, do what is right, but my dad can't find out. Right, I think that was right, like right. the yeah. the um, equation I figured out for her character. And so, um, yeah, just like sticking to it um, got a bit easier as I wrote her. But in the beginning, finding that kind of sweet spot was really tricky. Yeah. she. I love, um, she's very stubborn uh, and determined. Yep. Um, it's, she's, she's going to plow forward right? Yeah. Like she's, she's got her, now she's got her reasons for doing so and her own motivations. Like it's funny how she, she kind of doesn't necessarily not at the beginning anyways, care about the larger picture. Yeah, she um, does. Right. She's, she's more interested in just, she has, she's, she's of a single focus at the beginning, right? Yeah. She's got, she's yeah. got her, her, uh, her mentor who she's got to help mm-hmm. out. That's, and that's all she cares about. She doesn't yeah. really care about the palace shenanigans nope. and all that crap. Um, but of course, like a good murder mystery thriller, she gets sucked into it and mm. <laughs> it's like quicksand, right? It's like quicksand at that yep. point. She, just, she gets deeper and deeper and deeper and the lies get bigger yep. and more creative. And um, <laughs> it's, it's almost campy in a way, isn't it? It's almost comical yeah. the way, the way you pull her around from person to person and, and has to like, and each person is asking for her confidence and to, conf- and it's like, at one point, I think she's spying for like five or six different people. <laughs> I guess so. yeah, right. Like yeah. you know, maybe not that many, but it's, uh, it's so funny. It's, it's comical yeah. in a way, right? Like it's, it's, it's yeah. an interesting. Yeah. Like it's, I remember reading it and I was just like, this is kind of, this, this would be, this, this would make like a great comedy, you know, yeah. if it wasn't, it wasn't I can if, imagine actually. right. If it wasn't for like yeah. the really gruesome murders that happen yeah. in this book actually um just so everyone knows yeah it is there is some it is uh it is a thriller yeah. it, is, it gets like there's, uh, there's some gruesomeness in it but um anyways june um uh, when does this sucker come out january 25th yeah um what do you got going on for anything really really super cool for launch week uh i'm doing a virtual book launch um with i, th- I forget the bookstore name i think it's third 
book place or something. And then Great. I'm chatting with Joan Joan Hay. Awesome. Wrote, oh yeah. The yes. ones yes. are meant to sign. Yep. I love Joan. Um, she is amazing. Oh, so great. Um, God, still doing virtual things, eh? Did you think yep. we'd still be doing it like that? Oh my like, gosh! Yeah. Oh, oh, I I actually had um really big events to attend in March, but I had to back out of those. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I'm pregnant and virus. Yeah. Oh, of course. I don't want to be stranded in the U.S. And like, oh, I um I managed to sneak down. I went to Y'all Fest. Mm-hmm. Oh, so lucky! Yeah, and I mean that was before like we even heard of Omicron, though, right? So yeah. it was like things were kind of not so bad, and mm-hmm. it was a really, really great time. And uh, mm. um, and it was just like getting to use those muscles again, right? Like those traveling yeah. muscles and and yeah. convention muscles, and just getting to meet authors and hug people. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and it was like okay, oh. great. See, so now I'm like feeling okay. Things are maybe gonna be sort of whatever the new normal is yeah, but... i thought i thought and then bam <laughs> here we go again so <laughs> i know it's awful but um uh juneher.com and um you're you know you're on twitter and instagram and everything else mm-hmm. um so you'll have all those updated with whatever virtual events you do have going on i assume mm-hmm. um june you know i love it when you come on thank you so much um have a great launch and 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 listen, good, good, happy health with the rest of the pregnancy. And uh, thank you so much. That's so cool. And um, yes, uh, I mentioned it quickly earlier. Actually, I, I forgot I was going to bring it up again. Your daughter is an excellent unboxer. <laughs> um, that video that your husband posted was so funny. She's so <laughs> she's gorgeous, too. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, such a funny video. <laughs> I really you know what I like about her. I think her and I are the same this way, how she was like, got the one book out and then had to close, <laughs> had to get that box closed again. <laughs> I love that. I'm the same. I'd be the same way. We got to get. I said, no one's enjoying this book until we close this box again. Yes. Um, pretty, pretty funny. But um, I think even maybe, uh, and then because he's such a huge fan of yours, and and you know, is on social media too. Maybe next yeah. time we'll, we'll get Bosco to come on too. Oh my time. gosh, he'd, the, he'd love it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next we'll do that next time. But he'd probably talk way more than me. <laughs> you're you're like fine. I can go downstairs and eat. You can talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, June, thank you so, so much and, and have a really, really great launch. Thank you, Steve. It was so great chatting with you. There you have it. Another episode of Everything is Canon all wrapped up. Huge thanks to June for taking the time to chat. The Red Palace is out now, so head on over to juneher.com to pick up a copy or to find out more information. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen and head on over to cinelinks.com for the latest movie, TV, books, and gaming news. Please continue to be safe out there. Bye for now. 